0: The Sarah Lawrence Theatre Program works, learns, and lives on the land of the Lenape, Munsee, and Wappinger peoples. We pay respect to the ancestors past, present, and future. The Performance Lab podcast is invested in the sharing of knowledge and cultivation of curiosity between makers.
1: We invite guest artists to lead a workshop with the MFA candidates of Sarah Lawrence College.
0: After which, we interview them. We ask questions tailored to their individual practice, delving deeper into the how and the why
1: of creation.
0: Inspiration is all around us. But how do we
1: hone in on the
0: subjects that drive
1: us? They share with us their tips, tricks, and sources of inspiration. Reflect on past performance performances and projects and keep us up to date on what is
0: next stay
2: tuned for the performance lab podcast hello everybody my name is andrew del vecchio and i'm a second year grad student in theater at sarah lawrence college
0: hi my name is michelle coles i am also a second year graduate student in the master's theater program at sarah lawrence and we are joined today on the podcast by david j diamond
2: David is an artist, professor, and curator who developed the Lamama Umbria International Training Programs for theater artists. These include a symposium for directors, playwright retreat, and artistic residencies. He produces productions at the Spoleto Festival, one of the renowned international festivals in Europe. David is a Fulbright specialist in theater, a recipient of several grants, including CEC Artist Links fellowships in St. Petersburg, Russia. His international work includes cultural exchanges and teaching in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Herbal Kurdistan, Belgrade, Serbia, and others. He is co-founder of the Barrow Group Theater Company, which for over 30 years has been a leading training and production company in New York. He's an adjunct professor in theater at Columbia University and founder of the consulting firm Transformative Coaching for Artists, which serves to provide theater artists with direction for creating and maintaining a creatively satisfying and fulfilling life as an artist. Thank you so much for joining us today, David.
1: Thank you, it's great to be here. Just to start off, could you tell us a little bit about the seminar you led with us in class? Certainly, I came to Sarah Lawrence College as I have in past years to speak with theater artists about how to make a life in the theater, how to do it in a way that can be really, it's a way to think about creating your life and career as a theater artist in a way that it will allow you to be the most fully expressive artist, achieve the things you want to achieve, and have the lifestyle that's comfortable for you.
0: I would love to hear a little bit about what you think the most key aspects of that are. What does it take to make a comfortable feeder life? I think it really
1: comes down to two basic principles. One is understanding who you are, understanding who you are as a person, who you are as an artist, and uh, who you want to be in the world. And the second part is Understanding that there are um, no really real rules about how to make that happen and that each of us is charting our own path forward. So the best way to do that is without preconceived ideas about how things work, how they're supposed to work, but instead create your own way of moving forward unfettered by a lot of thinking about what I should or shouldn't do.
2: I loved you saying the the preconceived notion because something I really enjoyed in the seminar we took is you talked about starting with, uh, I don't want to give too much away for the people who will eventually take your seminars, but you started with three words and then realized what was more important was to focus on a different three words in the career. And I'd love to hear about you not only realizing that it's finding out what the artist wants in a career, but kind of the fact that you as an advisor, how you update, how you realize new ways to coach and advise these artists?
1: Yeah, I mean, I started thinking about this kind of a workshop as career success now. And when I originally conceived it, and I thought, how can I talk about how an artist, a theater artist could have a career they want, have, be successful and get it as, as soon as they can. But as I grew and developed uh, as an advisor and a coach, I realized that those words don't really capture... The way I feel an artist's life actually works, actually happens. So those words, career success, now became life fulfillment, always. And the difference being, a career in the theater is really about being an artist in life, and success, an elusive term anyway, implies that there's some destination that you have to get to to be successful. And my shifting view is that why not have fulfilling experiences throughout your life and not be limited to one idea of what success would be. And then now also sounded like a a bit of a destination, a specific time. And I came to think of it as why not have these fulfilling artistic experiences all throughout your life. So it doesn't just happen now, but it continues to happen and happen over and over again. As you develop more in your craft, in your career, uh, as you grow, you continue to have these fulfilling experiences in your life. And to me, that's what makes a rich life.
0: You've done so much in theater and have such a wide breadth of work and people that you've worked with. I'm curious, what it is, one thing we usually ask during this podcast is what advice would you give your younger self? But it seems that that turn of three words really put it very well. Um, so I'm curious what it is now that you look for when you're looking at projects or new people to work with or new theaters. is what is it that you're trying to drive towards?
1: For me, it's always about learning. I want to meet the people that are going to teach me about life, about myself, about art. And I want to meet the people that challenge me, challenge me to be better, to do better, to create more, to feel engaged and excited about what I'm going to do next, instead of languishing over what I might not have done in the past.
2: You have such a refreshing, you have like this perfect blend of artistic but pragmatic view on creation and artists what do you think some advice for an artist who finds themselves in new business situations a lot of times we learn performance or design and then suddenly they're faced with the business side of what we do do you have any advice for someone who's just experiencing that for the first
1: time yeah I think it's really important that artists learn about what the field is and how it works before they start breaking all the boundaries and doing it their own way, which maybe doesn't seem the way it works. But understanding what a union is, what a contract is, what an agent does or a manager does, who are the people that are going to be involved in your development uh, on a practical level. But I think it all comes from the sense of, this is who I am as an artist and this is what I wanna bring into the world. So if you start at that place, then you can learn about those other things along the way. And one of my best pieces of advice is, if there's stuff that you don't understand, if there's stuff you just don't like to do, get a collaborator, find somebody else who does know that stuff and does like to do that stuff. Those people are out there and uh, collaborate with them, work with them, learn what you can from them. But I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel every time because we just don't happen to know something that's, you know, maybe related to, but not really who we are and what we want to make in the world.
0: As we're coming out of this pandemic, I'm curious what you see the theater industry as a whole or your work specifically in theater doing in the next five, 10 years as we transform from this digital world that we were thrust into. I was lucky enough to do the digital version of La Mama Umbria with you, David. And I understand y'all are going back in person this year to Umbria, which is very exciting.
1: Yes, we're very, very excited about it. Thrilled to be going back. When I look forward, I think that, again, we need to be open up to new ideas and different ways of thinking about what it is to share something with an audience, to engage people in in the transformative experiences that we can create as artists. So what I learned during the pandemic was, as we did some of our programming, which, as you mentioned, includes a training program for directors and playwrights, usually held in this beautiful former convent in the hills of Umbria, Italy, and transformed it into a digital format, you can still teach and learn a lot over that, you know, in that way. So we need to figure out ways of creating hybrid experiences. We need to open ourselves up to the new technologies that are constantly being invented and reinvented so that when we're trying to express something as artists, we have all the tools that are accessible to us, so that we can create the most effective communication between artist and audience that's possible. I always think about what is it I want to say, share, question, artists, we always have questions, we're gonna share our questions with an audience. What's the most effective way to do that, no matter if it's an area that we've been using consistently or something that's new, Oh, I realized that you know if I did this in, uh, uh, in virtual reality, I'm going to really get to you know, express what I want in a fuller way, then you know, that might be the way. Or maybe it's puppets or mime or uh, any of the other, both um, technological or not, ways we have of expressing ourselves. The idea to me is giving the strongest expression, both of ourselves, but also of the ideas that we want to share. It's It's really about how do we as artists make change, develop ideas, create inspiration in other people? What's the mechanism? What's the best one in this per- each particular case?
2: Taking both those ideas together, you talk about the, the different things artists can explore and whatnot, and, and Michelle talking about us coming out the other side of this pandemic and you all going back in person. Is there something right now, just personally, that is really piquing your interest in art right now, or, or maybe something that is, ooh, I want to see more of that
1: moving forward. It hasn't really changed that much because something that has always interested me and continues to fascinate me, and you know, never seems to end, is understanding how people in different circumstances in different parts of the world create, develop, and express their. So when I meet people from different places and I hear about um, different ways that they're expressing themselves or creating different methodologies or sometimes it's ancient methods that I'm learning about oh they you know this group has been doing this kind of theater for you know and their ancestors for hundreds of years and it still exists and they're still using it. I'd love to learn about all those things and what is the what are the Balinese puppet makers doing? What did they learn from before? what are these amazing artists I met in Ethiopia um, transforming from the original methods that they had learned growing up and how do they take what they've learned? And this is something that we try to do in Umbria a lot. How do you learn about other aspects and other methods and then incorporate ideas into your own work? Because there's something really powerful about learning and then filtering ideas through your own experience so that you can create something that may be very different from what you've experienced before.
0: David, you talk about traveling and getting to work with so many different groups of people and through La Mama Umbria, working with directors from all over the world. I'm curious if there's a project you've worked on that was particularly transformative or sticks out as something you'd like to highlight.
1: Wow, there are several, but I'll speak to a couple of them that really had impact on me. Uh, One was this opportunity to go to Ethiopia and meet theater directors from seven different East African countries who came together in Addis Ababa for a directing workshop being led by uh, the Sundance Theater Institute. And in particular, the amazing director Liesl Tommy, South African. She led this workshop with these, really amazing artists from you know Burundi and Rwanda um, and from Kenya Ethiopia Uganda all together in the same room it was funny when she would talk and we were sitting around this table you'd hear all these whispers between one person and another around the table because everybody was translating there must have been about I don't know, seven or eight different languages going around the table. Oh, this person's says he's Swahili and that's translating into French and that person's translating into something else. Uh, amazingly, it didn't stop the flow of, of the conversation at all. It just was seamless the way they were able to communicate with each other through these different languages. And when they got up to move and to do projects, it was clear that the common humanity of everybody was on display and all of a sudden, it didn't matter what the language was, it mattered what the feeling was. And so that was really striking to me, that opportunity. And eventually at La Mama Umbria, four of those African artists that had met came to La Mama Umbria in 2019 and became part of the group of directors who were um, part of the symposium. And that was enormously exciting because they got to meet other artists from other parts of the world. We had one uh, Kenyan artist who met this woman from Paraguay and they got along really well and started to collaborate. And after the workshops were over, they did a couple projects together. I mean, how does that happen? Like, how is that even possible? But it's really exciting to me. The other one that I got a lot out of was uh, when I got a Fulbright, artist specialist grant, I took it and went to Belgrade, Serbia, to work with a theater company called DA. DA Theater, which is a a theater company that was created during the time of the breakup of Yugoslavia, and at a time when it was a very challenging political environment. And this theater, which was comprised of women, went out into the streets and started to make theater about about war and about what's happening to their country and about what's happening to women in their country in the streets. And they created a a really huge following of people that would watch this work. What was interesting about it also was that the work was really a lot of it in like anti-government and, you know, objecting to the, the war and the things that were going on. But they did these productions in such a metaphoric way that the police and the soldiers that were all around didn't interrupt them where they might have if it was like a agit prop you know uh, people hanging up signs and saying we're against this but it was done in a beautiful theatrical context and so they were able to get their message across to the people that they wanted to but they weren't really interrupted so over the years da has become one of the premier alternative theater companies in belgrade winning tons of awards and producing shows throughout the years. So when I went there, I was on a kind of dual mission. One was they wanted somebody to take them through a strategic planning process as the company was growing older and a lot of younger people were joining the company. There was a kind of rethinking that needed to happen between the old guard and the younger people coming up and how could the company navigate through that kind of shift. So I did a workshop with them over the course of a week or so, taking them through different kinds of processes of uh, understanding what their mission is, what they really want to do, what each person's individual desire was. A lot of that process was matching the mission of the individual with the mission of the company. How could they incorporate all of that? But the second part of it was you know, to something I love, which is get to know art in a new place. <laughs> I just, you know, went to see as much as I could. Uh, I went to this dance school and uh, did a workshop with the, with the dancers about their lives and careers. Uh, I, it was during Bitef, which is the big festival in Belgrade of theater. So I met a lot of artists, saw a lot of shows, and and that's, one of my favorite things. I have a couple more, but I don't know how much you wanna go into these.
2: (laughs) As much as you want.
1: I got another grant from CEC ArtsLink to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. And this time I was there as a curator. So the curator of La Mama Umbria's programs, I was going to meet artists and see work to see who I might invite to come to Umbria to either teach or perform. And uh, in that process, I was able to meet the top artistic directors of the biggest theaters that are you know, sponsored by uh, the government and have huge resources, along with some really independent people who were uh, doing you know, a do-it-on-your-own type of a theater. And uh, just seeing so much work and meeting so many fascinating people was really incredible. And one other one was going with the theater communications group to Havana, Cuba. It's that really cool period in the Obama administration when Cuba opened up for like five minutes. And so we were able to go down to this big Havana International Theater Festival. And again, seeing how things were different in that part of the world, what was important to them to say through, through their artistic work um, and meeting some wonderful artists, that was really rewarding. That was, I loved that. I could listen to stories like that all day.
2: I would love to have you talk about maybe we've talked about La Mama Umbria a lot and I'm very lucky to be at Sarah Lawrence with people who've either taken it or has a good relationship with La Mama. If you had to kind of talk about it, just kind of going back to the basic, because I hope everyone goes and looks it up and sees how they can be part of it after this. But like maybe just a small overview of how you would explain what La Mama Umbria is
1: and some of the things they can expect from it. Okay. So if you participate, generally there's three areas you could participate. One is as a person who's taking directing workshops and learning about directing from a lot of different artists from around the world. So that's one piece. Uh, Playwriting retreat, which involves one master artist leading the playwrights through uh, some provocations and allowing them a lot of time to write. And the third is a residency program where you can bring your own work, develop it in this space where everything is provided for you, You know, you get your rooms and your meals and space to create in a very inspiring and beautiful environment. So what people can expect from coming there is interaction with other artists, an opportunity to learn and express yourself in a way that is not hampered by having to deal with the the quotidian aspects of daily life. We prepare all the meals, we clean your room, we even do your laundry if you need it. So we want to leave the artist as open as possible to experience the people that are there, the master artists that are presenting work, and uh, getting back in touch with inspiration and their own artistic selves.
0: What do you see come out of, I mean, I've been lucky enough to experience a portion of it, but what do you see come out of that experience usually for directors?
1: What I've heard is, the word that I hear a lot is magical. There's something really incredible about this particular space. You know, La Mama Umbria was created by Ellen Stewart, the founder of La Mama, in the 80s, 1980s. And she envisioned it as an international home for artists where people could come and work. And we developed that into these specific programs that I mentioned. people come out of it with a renewed sense of possibility with new relationships people from all over the world and a sense that maybe the things that i didn't think were possible really are possible as an artist and as a creator and to me that's the most inspiring
0: so it looks like we are closing in towards the end of the interview i'm wondering is there anything new that you're working on, any exciting projects coming down the line that you'd like to talk about?
1: The most prominent thing that's coming up is this coming year's symposium and this, uh, this year's playwright retreat. What's interesting about the symposium this year, which I'm really pleased about, is the diversity of the master artists who are coming. So we're being joined by uh, Hopa Zaida, who is a, a, an amazing artist from Rwanda, Muriel Borst-Tarrant, who is a Native American artist, going to be presenting and teaching about um, her ancestry and the art, that, the way they create art. Emily Mann, who was the former artistic director of the McCarter Theater for 30 years, an extraordinary artist. And uh, Steve Kayegi, who is a part of Rimini Protocol, one of the most inventive and creative uh, European ensemble companies. And he's going to be doing his workshop about theater and the environment, which um, I think will be fascinating. So that's a really exciting thing that's coming right up. And beyond that, uh, you know, I'm open to possibilities. If people wanted to find you, get in
2: contact with you, see the different seminars you have to offer, what are some of the best ways that they could find that?
1: The best way is to check out my website, um, which at the moment is ddiamondcoaching.com. And that really focuses on mostly my coaching work, my uh, consulting work with artists. DavidJDiamond.com, my other website, the previous one, really focuses more on all the other projects that I do outside of the coaching work. So different seminars. Right now I'm publishing a newsletter of resources for artists every month. Different kinds of residencies I find out about, different kinds of grants, different kinds of opportunities that people could take advantage of around the world. I just every month put them all into, uh, into a newsletter and send it out to all my, uh, the people on my mailing list. So I guess, yeah, that's the other way. Sign up for my mailing list <laughs> through ddiamondcoaching.com and you'll get the newsletter. Everything's free.
0: That's very generous of you to do that. I'm curious, is there any one piece of advice or what the best piece of advice you would give? You have two graduating MFAs before you, and I know there's a lot more out there and a lot of undergrads uh, that have just graduated with their theater degrees. What is the best advice you could give a young theater artist in today's industry?
1: Wow, that could take another half hour. (laughs) I guess the one thing that I would mention that to me is the most important for artists is to gain a deep understanding of what's interesting to you, what questions you have about the world and who you are as a person and how you wanna relate as a person to other individuals in the world and how you wanna share your ideas, questions, and uh, knowledge with other people through your artistic practice. So get really good at your artistic practice. Great, here at Sarah Lawrence, you're learning a lot and use what you've learned but don't stray too far away from the deeper values and ideas and questions that, that you want to ask and that you want to present. So try to cue as closely as possible to those things, even when there's lots of other distractions around. Thank you so much for your time today, David. It's been wonderful to talk with you. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed it.
2: You have a great day. Thank you for everything.
1: Thank you.
0: Bye. The Performance Lab podcast was brought to you by Contemporary Performance Network. In association with the Sarah Lawrence College Theater MFA program. For more information,
2: please visit our websites at www.contemporaryperformance.com
1: or www.slctheater.com.